0: So Singapore, and you know, this is Singapore. It is actually 27th of July, 2021. It's 9.14 PM Singapore time. Welcome to sunny Singapore. And you know, Singapore is actually at the equator. We're actually like seven degrees north of the equator. Um, we are sunny all year round. And I think you must have heard of Singapore through these international news. Um, uh, I mean Singapore is almost like into Paris and, and New York I mean it's a cosmopolitan place um, it's a place where you shop and you eat and you shop and you shop and you shop, and you shop. Yeah. <laughs> have you watched the show um, Crazy Rich Asians I have I mean, Oh yeah. Do, do you know that it's actually shot in Singapore yeah and it's beautiful yes Thank you for being there in the show. Tell us about you, um, Collette, before we go into the interview uh, formal.
1: Yeah, of course. So I'm in sunny San Diego, California, USA. And um, I'd love to go to Singapore someday. I've heard amazing things about it. It's a very vibrant, modern city and clean and things like that. So, excuse my voice. Goodness, it's super early here. It's like 6 a.m. I'm not used to getting up this early, but I was so excited to be on the podcast with Vicki that I got up to be here. So I'm so excited to talk to you guys and a little bit about me. I am married. I've been married for about four years, and I have a little dog, no kids. And, um, Yeah, I I do life coaching. I specialize in dating after trauma and abuse, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. Excited to dive into that. I also teach yoga and I do energy work. I do something called access consciousness bars, along with a few other modalities. So really big on mind, body, spirit, holistic coaching. So
0: yeah, thanks for having me, Vicky. And I'd like to formally welcome you here. Um, You know, you're spiritually now teleported to Singapore. Um, so cool. Yeah. You know, Colette, even before we go informal, um, uh, tell us like, what do you do and why are you there on Facebook um, doing this with me?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, the story I tell is my mom was married four times. Three of them were two abusive addicts. And so I watched her get hit and beaten and I watched her be high on drugs. And I had a gun pointed at me. I watched, walked in to find her being strangled, just uh, moved six times in 12 years, um, six different schools. And so I just had a very tumultuous childhood growing up and it made me question like, why? Like why do people put themselves in this situation? Why do women choose these types of partners? Why do people get into addiction in the first place? And so I really just ignited this curiosity within me about human behavior. And the other thing I noticed is most people were really unhappy. Like pretty much everyone I knew was unhappy for some reason. And I was like this happy little kid even despite everything going on around me. And um, so I dove into personal development. I got my degree in psychology. I became a teacher. I taught third grade for a few years because I really have a passion for helping children and um, doing my best to end the abuse cycle for as many people as I can because abuse is perpetuated. It's passed down from generation to generation because they just think it's normal. They don't know any better. My mom was emotionally abusive because her family was emotionally abusive and, and they don't even know, right? They think it's normal to call kids names and Hit them and things like that. And so, um,
0: yeah. So, uh, Colette, um, that's a lot in like 60 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, even before we dive into a uh, formal about the topic, um, ladies and gentlemen, a bit of the background. So, today's episode is on love and abuse. And uh, you have actually encapsulated everything in a capsule, like in 60 seconds. Um, and you've made it um, a breeze literally in a 60 second breeze but you know through the very few words that you spoke about um, your mom was in an abusive uh, relationship and you actually moved uh, 12 times in six, six times six, six times, times, times in school. 12 years yeah um, that's crazy because you know moving <laughs> moving itself takes six months or even a year and I think you not for my three. mom Even before your bed becomes warm, you start to move again. So, um, you know, uh, thank you for that very, very um, important snapshot of your life, which I think puts the backdrop of the topic today um, about uh, hashtag abuse, hashtag trauma, um, uh, hashtag love. And and we do know that uh, love can be abusive. Um, knowingly or unknowingly, physically or non physically. So, um, the table um, and the floor is yours. So, um, you can take it away and tell us more about uh, uh, the context of what you're going to say, and then you can move into um, your context.
1: Yeah, of course. So, um, as I said, my mission in life is to end the abuse cycle for as many people as I can. And so um, just witnessing, I think a lot of us can have grown up in these types of environments where it was just normal to witness people hitting each other or calling each other names or yelling Mm. or just getting violently angry and slamming doors. There's just... Mm not a lot of um, healthy communication happening. And so that's why um, I'm so passionate about what I do is because I help people um, create those healthy relationships within themselves first, so that they're then able to go out and uh, attract a partner based on this healthy, mature relationship. Because um, when we grow up and we're used to things, we attract what we're comfortable with. And so if we're comfortable with people fighting and yelling and screaming. We're gonna attract people that fight and yell and scream because that's what we know. And so um, I've learned so much and that's why I'm really excited about being here today is just yeah. to share some of these things, like um, what things to do and things to look for um, when you're just before you even get into a relationship so that you know, like, is this healthy um, and is this safe? Yeah,
0: and I, I would like you to, um make this more personal with myself and also with the listeners and the viewers um because you grew up in such a tumultuous family um relationship dynamics um when you were young um i think it must have gone into your psyche right when you were really really young. could you actually relate a couple of things that stood out um when that that actually kind of still has its impact on you in your psyche right now?
1: Yeah, of course. Um so the my first stepfather i was about four years old when my mom met him and it's interesting because i try to tell myself like oh it was such a long time ago it doesn't really matter it's not really affecting me mm-hmm. but um, and i've done so much work around it as well but these things still stick with us in certain ways we don't even know about and so my mom met this guy and he was a coke dealer and she was doing drugs so it worked out um and i remember like she's like, Oh, I'm getting married. And that's basically what would happen. My mom would meet a man and she was so hungry for love. She just wanted to be loved. And she just wanted a a dad for me because she was only married to my dad for six months. Um, before, you know, when she was pregnant, she got pregnant and then they broke up. So my parents were basically divorced before I was born. And
0: Um hi collette. I think I lost you. Colette, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hello, I think I lost you, Colette. We were at the point whereby you said um your mom actually married a man um because she wanted to, you to have a father and because your father left her after six months when you were born i mean it must have been such a traumatic experience for a woman to have a baby a child and uh maybe she was going through um you know a depression herself
1: oh yeah Yeah, that's the thing. My mom had a lot happen to her as a teenager. Um, She was actually drugged by a friend, like her boyfriend that she trusted. Um, She was in a mental hospital because of that. I mean, she just had a lot happen to her that was very traumatic. And so yeah, she was very depressed in the first place. And then for my dad to leave and and have a baby, like it was a lot for her. So she turned to drugs um, to cope with it. And so I think that's what happens with a lot of people. They have things happen to them that are just too painful in their past. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom is so trusting. And that's the other thing. Like, she's so trusting. And so she she doesn't think, like, anyone's going to hurt her. And then she ends up with these men that take advantage of that trust. And so, yeah. And so she brought him home. And it's interesting because from the outside, you can, like, tell. Even as a child, you can tell, like, okay, this guy is not really – great you know and he was very scary he was just like a very scary man um, to me as a little girl you know and so um I remember the first time um he was just sitting at his desk and he was like asking me to touch his penis and I said no and he's like just touch it just touch it and so I did and and so that was kind of like where it started, like the sexual abuse with him. And he was just very violent. He was the one that held the gun to us. I walked in the room out of nowhere because I'm just a little kid, right? So I just have these snippets of memories. I don't have a lot of memories of exactly like everything that happened. But I remember walking into the living room and him just like throwing me on my mom's lap and then pointing a gun at us. And I'm looking at this guy, it was more like mad than anything because I'm like, how dare this guy like point a gun at me. You know, I just like remember being very angry at this and just like looking at him in the eye, like, what are you doing? Um, so, luckily, he didn't shoot us. I think he was just trying to scare us. He was very controlling. Um, and then his mother's had two teenage sons. And so they babysat me a few times. And so I was molested there as well. So, it was in the family. And so that's why, you know, it's a cycle. Um, you know, it's like passed on, and so I was also sexually abused by the mother's sons, which I guess would be his brothers. I'm not what really age sure.
0: Were you then? What age? I was still like four. Oh wow. I'm, yeah. Yeah. You know, Collette, um, that's a lot to take in, um, and you and you easily breathed it in like thirty seconds. Um, I, I can't imagine. That's almost a whole life, right? In that thirty seconds um, that you've just talked about, um, and and because you said it with a smile, I, I'm I can't. I think if if the audience are looking at it and myself looking to, at you and the listeners are gonna to listen to this, um, that's a lot of packing, and that's a lot to unpack as you grow up as an adult, right? Would you like to tell us?
1: Yeah. And so kids are so resilient, yeah. you know, because they don't really know what's yeah. right and what's supposed to happen and what's yeah. not, but you kind of have a sense like, this isn't okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. this guy is like really scary. Yeah. Um, my mom ended up having to move like out of the city, like to a whole different city to get away from him. Um, I ended up going to my dad's yeah. like, cause my dad lives in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. So I ended up, be- I was taken away by child protective services and then I ended up going to my dad's and then she was able to escape. And he even called me looking for my mom. And I was like smart enough to know like, okay, well, if he doesn't know where she is, like, I'm not gonna tell him, you know, even wow. at that young age at like four or five years old, knowing like, yeah, I don't want him to know where she is if he doesn't no, know. Uh, um, stop, right um, there.
0: stop right there, Colette. Um, And also for the benefit of uh, the audience and the listeners trying to um, follow through, Tell us yourself as this young um, lady, um, how did you process this in your mind? Were you fearful? Were you um, trying to piece together the logic? Um, Or were you like being really analytical or were you like just in a whole blur?
1: For me, it was more confusing than anything. Like it was yeah. just very confusing because yeah. I didn't know where my mom was a lot of the time. Yeah. Like cause she was sleeping, like she'd yeah. be taking naps a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't know where she was, and I didn't yeah. know I was why I was left alone with this guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so it was, there was fear, yeah. you know, like I don't know what this guy is gonna do. Yeah. Um yeah. and then yeah, that was like most of the feelings, like confusion and fear. Yeah. At that of time. Like, right? Yeah, Yeah, and anger, you know, wanting to protect my mom.
0: Oh, I so you this, were trying like, to figure out and instinctively you felt it wasn't right and instinctively this guy had this energy that wasn't sitting right with you and your soul and your spirit. And also your mom must have exuded certain signs. Did she? How did she, she communicate these situations to you as a young child? Well, I couldn't tell her so oh, she didn't know what was going on with you no oh wow and you kept it for a long time
1: yeah I didn't tell her until I, the yeah. first time I told her I was like 11 and then she didn't believe me at first Yep. Yeah. that happens that yeah. happens yeah so she didn't actually believe me like she didn't she didn't want to believe it i think is really what it was like she didn't yeah. want to believe that that something so bad and horrible would have happened and so it wasn't until i was in my 20s that we really talked about it and yeah. she felt like so bad and guilty
0: yeah about the whole thing oh wow uh, and let's unwind this because i think there's so much to learn um, for women for girls um, for what you have gone through particularly at the age of 11. um, And that's that turning point, right? You've decided to tell. And because you've kept um, for some time, um, tell us the keeping secret part, okay? uh, What on in your mind when you're so young, you're growing, um, these flashbacks come to you. And also at the point of you deciding to tell and then being um, told that um, you were not believed. I mean, this is just, to me, this is like, it's almost a world can collapse. Tell us these three phases.
1: Yeah. Um. So the secret part was because he told me that if I told anyone, he would hurt my mom. Oh, my and God. And so, yeah. yeah. And so yes. I, I didn't want him to hurt my mom, so I just didn't tell anyone. And plus, I didn't want to get taken away. You know, I I thought like if I told someone then they would take me away from my mom and I wanted to protect her and so I didn't wow. want to get taken away from her I had lies, like this responsibility right?
0: I'm sorry it's all the lies yeah oh my god my heart yeah. goes out to you Colette so you were being put under a lot of duress We are being put under a lot of stress because you're you're thinking that you've got to hold on because you got to protect your mom and you being in this
1: young mind, how did it affect you? Yeah, it, it affected me for a very like my whole life basically wow. because it's like this hyper responsibility that everything was somehow my fault, and that's how my yes. mom made me feel even outside of the abuse. Like without even knowing the abuse, like everything was blamed on me. Like, it, like it's little things. It's like, oh. if I, if she missed a red light, it was my fault. If she was late, it was my fault. And so I was already like given yeah. this hyper responsibility for everything that happened. And then on yeah. top of it, like with the sexual abuse, like I wasn't going to tell her, you know, yeah. because then yeah. yeah, like I, yeah. So I was already made to feel responsible. And even like my grandpa would be like, be nice to your mom. Like she's going through a lot. She's really stressed. Like take know. care of her.
0: They don't know. Oh, my God. So um, I think it's a lot to take in, especially learning from yourself as a case study. Um, You were really young. You self-blamed yourself. And and then the point whereby you told her, what made you decide to tell her, um, number one? And then when you told her and she was in disbelief, what went on in your mind? Could you describe
1: So I think I decided to tell her because somehow he came up, we didn't talk about him a lot. Like after she left him, we didn't really talk about him much, but somehow I think it came up and I was mad. Like I was already angry at her. And so I was like, yeah, this happened. And she was like, no, it didn't. You liar. Like she cursed at me a lot. So there's curse words in there, but yeah. And it like devastated me. I think that hurt me more because I had like such a sense of, I'm not going to tell anyone because I want to protect her. And even with like my next stepfather, he was also abusive and I wanted to protect her and like referee and stuff like that. And so for her to like not believe me, even like, cause I felt that I was keep not telling her to protect her and for her to be like, Oh, you're a liar. Like, I think that wow. hurt me more than like anything else.
0: And, and you know Colette, so there are just different uh, markers in your life. From four years old, you were being abused, right? And then you grew with it because you were you were given heaps and heaps of lives, right? And then you went through this kind of duress, the kind of threat, right? It's a kind of um, threat to say, if you tell someone this is going to happen, it is a threat. And you have been living in that kind of lies and threat. And you, ne- you kind of like went through this um, not knowing what they are because you were so young. You can't put a finger to say, this is a threat in my life. This is a pressure. Da-da-da-da. But as you look back, then you start to think like, okay, I need to like really look at it. And then you decide to tell someone at the age of 11. And then you were disbelieved. Now, as you, and after 11 years old, I think we're really interested. Um, how did you make sense out of all this? And as a as a young woman that is growing up with all of these in your life, um, how did you learn to be normal again? <laughs> um,
1: for me, it was more of like a perfectionism. I don't know if I'm normal, um, but yeah, for me, it turned into like this hyper perfectionism. Like I wanted to make it look like life was really good and everything was great and everything was perfect. And so it's like that lie just like perpetuates, right? Because I wanted to make my mom look good and make my mom look like she was doing a great job. And so, um, yeah, so I made sure I got really good grades. I made sure that I looked like a really good student. I never got in trouble. I never did anything like that would get me in trouble. I mean, besides yeah. so talking, I talked all the time. So that was the only thing I got in trouble for was I was always talking, and um, to people in class. So I okay, had to tell, always set up tell my. Tell me,
0: table. tell me that <laughs> um, symptom. I mean, someone keeps talking, which you brought it out. It's actually symptomatic of something people are trying to cover up, right? Do you feel so? Because you were trying to cover up the pain. You're trying to cover up the history. You're trying to, You're. It's, it's something like you tried so hard to have all these activities outside on the facade so that no one can dive in. Am I right to say that? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So yeah, exactly. It was very lonely. Wow.
0: Tell us, how, how did you um, start to, and you did say about, At the age of 20, you revisit this with your mother again, right? And she started to believe you. Tell us that scenario whereby you set her down?
1: Yeah, so I started meditating and I started meditating with this program called Holosync. And so what it is, it's like a meditation music, but it's designed to stir up trauma. Like that's what it does, is it um, repatterns your brain if you have past trauma. And so I started using it and i didn't really think much of it i was just like listening to it every day yeah. and all of a sudden this like wave of anger mm. came up like just so her. mad and so upset and yeah. so i went to my mom and i yeah. was just like yelling at her because wow. i was just so mad yeah. and i'm like i cannot believe that you let. Like that this happened i can't believe you married someone Mm -hmm. and left me alone like who leaves a child alone with a four-year-old that they don't know like it was just basically all of the emotions that i had been like kind of not letting come up kind of just like exploded and i almost like feel bad because i was like and she like just sat there and listened because i was so angry i think she like finally realized like i wasn't lying like, and I was yelling about, I'm like, I can't believe you wouldn't believe me. Like, why would I lie about this? You know, there's yeah. no reason for me to make this up yeah and just like really got mad and like just released all the stuff that was there. And she was like, actually very gracious about it. Like all things considered, considered I was yelling, you know, I was like really emotional. And so she just listened. And then she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know, like. would never have let that happen if i knew about it i try to keep you away from him i try to like keep you at grandma and grandpa's um and so she was just then she was like very apologetic about it and then like we still like she still feels guilty about it she'll bring it up sometimes like i'm 42 now um and she'll still kind of bring it up once in a while like i'm so sorry i didn't want that to happen like and i'm like well there's nothing you can do about it now you know um there's no reason to beat yourself up over, over it forever but like you know because she was only 22 when she had me so she was about 26 when this happened
0: okay um i mean there's so much um to share on so many different levels um about your mom then about you uh, let's talk about you as an adult now and you having your child already who is almost like four. you have a child now Four years old? Nope, I don't have any kids. Oh, you don't have a kid. But you got, oh yeah, you just got married, I think, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been married for four years.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, now you are a grown woman and you are much older than your mom when she had you and when all these whirlwind went around. And um, like, if you were to look at her now, how do you see? Um, or do you see that there is faces of life or personality, she, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of different faces that she actually went through also. Um, her being in an abusive relationship when she was a young woman, then she had you and then she went in and out of relationships. And then after that, when you start telling her about this when you were in your 20s, um, and then she was in her 40s, I guess at that time. And then, and then now, as she is, you know, there's this phase that she has gone through. How would you like learn your observations about her, and how would you describe the phases that she's gone through?
1: Yeah, that's the interesting thing because I've known her my whole life, right? Yeah. And so I've been able to see, um, like, mm-hmm. the changes between how like she raised me versus my yeah. two sisters, because yeah. I have two sisters and we're all eight years yeah. apart. um and so it's just interesting to see that and um she's been single for 18 years so she kind of learned finally after the last one like hey or actually she's been single for like 20 years now gosh um she's been single for a very long time because she finally just kind of gave up I think she's like wow Wow. I'm just really attracting the wrong people Mm -hmm. um you know I tried three times to meet you know, to find love and to find someone who's going to treat me well. And I obviously don't like have the right tools to pick someone healthy. And so I'm just going to stay single. So yeah, she's been single for a very long time. She's doing well. You know, she hasn't done drugs in a very long time, probably 20 years as well. So, um, yeah.
0: That what about yourself?
1: What about yourself? Yeah. So for me, um, it's interesting because like from such a young age, I had to like feel, you know, hide basically who I really was. And so there's a lot of loneliness that comes from this and this like wall that I put up to keep people from really knowing me for such a long time. And it's only maybe the last like eight years, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe like 34, Mm-hmm. Um, it took 34 years before I felt that I could really show what was happening inside of me, how I really felt mm-hmm. about things, how, um, yeah. And except for like my very, very inner circle, like maybe like one or two close friends that I would have, but that's it. Like I didn't yeah. trust anyone else. So it was very hard for me to trust people. It was very hard for me to be like, like to communicate what was really like, Happening for me, all of that took like practice. Okay.
0: And uh, to be able to do all yeah. of those things. And to continue where you just talked about, so hard for you to trust someone. Um, so, how do you actually do that with your um, current uh, relationship?
1: Yeah. So, um, with my current relationship, it's been really nice because I was practicing before him. I was practicing mm. going to like women's circles and and going to spaces where I could feel safe to mm. share what was there for me, share how I was feeling, and you even are undoing, the coaching you program, are
0: undoing and unpacking a lot of things. So when you present yourself into a new relationship, you're kind of like coming, you're kind of like clean person. You didn't bring the baggages, am I right?
1: Um, I mean, I brought a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> for like, I, I unpacked a lot of it because I had to even, for me to even get to a place to be able to get married, yeah. um, that's a lot of trust, right. Mm-hmm. To be yes. able to marry someone, um, yeah. when like, yeah, yes. when you've seen like such unhealthy marriages, yeah. um, so for me to even get to the point where I could yeah. even get married, took yeah. a lot of internal work for me. of um, being comfortable with men, you know, and and a lot of distrust for men, like men changing and, you know, you think they're a certain way and then they end up being completely different. So learning how to trust myself in my choices, learning about healthy relationships, what red flags look like, what, you know, what it looks like to communicate in a way where there's no screaming and yelling. Like, I mean, I did the work, right? And that's why I coach people because I had to do so much work as yes. far as like learning and reading and taking courses and practicing and um so that's why i coach now because i know like what it took for me to be able to get to where i am today and then yeah. once you're in a relationship like a whole new set of stuff comes up right because now you're you live with somebody and so like you get to put into practice all of that yeah. stuff that you're learning about communication and and trust on yeah. all of that and so Um, I've been in actually like a trauma coaching program the last year and a half. Um, And so that's really actually helped me a lot, too, with even unpacking even more and feeling safe and all of those things in relationship with other people in general, not just um, my husband.
0: Yeah. And um, for you to say that, um, I mean, that is very deep. Um, You must have gone through a lot of unpacking. And and I mean really, really unpacking and then, you know, unraveling. Um, So you have aptly said that it's a lot of work that you have done. A lot of, um, I should say, a lot of training you've done. A lot of sessions. A lot of uh, um, rehabilitating your soul. And then yes. to be able to trust someone and invite someone into your life again. Um, in the next um, couple of minutes before we sign off, because I almost have you for 40 minutes, which I promised, tell us uh, in, a, in a capsule, what are these therapies? And for some of the listeners and audience, uh, what can they do?
1: Yeah. So the main thing is to start to build trust again with yourself. So making sure first and foremost that you're listening to yourself, giving yourself those spaces, um, journaling, meditation, yoga, um, anything that really allows you to sit with yourself and be comfortable within. And then slowly for me, it was slowly. It doesn't have to be slowly for you, but Going to safe places like safe circles, like women's circles, um, therapy places where, um, like the inner working, the inner um, the inner coaching academy that I'm inner part, part of is yeah, inner coaching academy is a place where um, you can go and we do containers of like with people group small groups yeah. where you we teach trust. We teach communication. We teach like how to give feedback. We teach how to um, acknowledge. That was another thing that I had a problem with is like acknowledging people. I love acknowledging people, but it was so uncomfortable because I didn't think it would be received. So that's another thing we practice. It's acknowledging people um, for what they do. And so yeah, finding these spaces like that, where it's safe to be like really be and be seen and heard and felt um, authentically is really important.
0: And and Colette, I think you must have been, uh, I think you must have gone through these uh, markers in your life, right? Each time you kind of like bounce back up, bounce, and then you leap higher and you leap higher and, and you grow. And I can see your face, you know, you're gro- glowing, And I can feel your soul, you're you're open, you're honest, and you're able to share this openly, which I I really would like to um, show my gratitude to you. Um, I I think there's a lot that we can actually uh, take in. And definitely, I hope to invite you again to dive more into it um, as a professional, if you can. Um, I think there's a lot of learning uh, we can do from your life story, um, Colette. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because um, I I like the part whereby you said, um, you know, you needing to um, learn again how to trust someone, how to love someone, uh, coming to a space of safety. You know, I I think that's, I think people struggle with that a lot of times when they have like a traumatic experience, Like, like what you say, the inner the inner soul, the inner human uh, mental thing. But I think a lot of people do not recognize there is a wall in the first place. You know what I'm trying to say? And then live their lives oh. that way. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, a lot of defense mechanisms. Like people develop a lot of defense mechanisms to keep oh, themselves safe. Defense. Right, defense. and so one of so them that's is like avoiding people. What? So
0: that's a pro, you are the pro. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Aww. they don't really know. They just know that things aren't working, right? Yeah, things aren't working sure. the way that they're, they want them to. They're not, they don't have the closeness and the relationship that they, um, they know is possible or you know, they're, they're not moving forward with their goals. That's yeah. usually the symptoms, um, but they don't know why, right? Okay. They, like, the stuff happened to me. I have these symptoms and I, I can't change it. It's not changing and I don't know why.
0: Two questions before I say um, thank you to you. Number one, um, did it? Were you were you ever in the situation whereby um, you felt uh, like you you became the hater? Okay, number one, you became the person that um, become bitter. You became the person that. Um, uh, you know, someone who felt that, yeah, um, yeah, you had so much things. Did you ever become these two at any point? The bitter person. So as a teenager,
1: became,
0: yeah, yeah, as a
1: teenager, like, or, you know, most of my young adult life, I didn't have any close friends. Like I had one, one friend and then I just thought yeah. everyone else sucked. And, yeah. I'm like, okay. I hate, like, I hate people. Right, so you know, like why, people suck, and I hate that. Yes,
0: you know, why I want that because I hope that I can invite you to part two. Um, because I think there's a lot of people, um, would love to learn from you, um, how you walked out of that hate. Um, I mean, you do see a lot of people with that, and they never came to terms about recognizing that they are the hater or that we are the hater. We don't even know that we are. And we don't even know that we have the bitterness. You know, the clenched fist. I think you could point to us maybe some of these symptoms like what you say. These are some of the symptoms that tell you that you are in this spot. You got to get out in order to live a full uh, a soulful life to speak, having that said, and the fi- the second question is, um, Uh, you are a professional because not only you're learning in theory because you went through it. Um, Tell me, that process, is it difficult to come out of? Like I
1: said, it took years. I mean, I was a psychology major um, and that was what, like 10, 20 years ago? It's been 20 years, Um, you you know, but even before that, I was reading personal development books um so yeah yeah I've definitely put in the work to understand all of it and to see myself and to free myself and um, yeah it's definitely been a process I mean
0: these are like bondage right it kind of holds you back it kind of like shackles so I want to ask um Colette final question um it took you so many years to unravel Uh, A lot of people don't even start the journey of unraveling and they don't even know that they are in that space. And I can tell you with my fingers, I can recognize these people. Maybe I'm one of them. Okay. so um, Colette, um, thank you to you. Um, Is there any final conclusion for the next 15 seconds that you would like to share with the listeners and the viewers? yeah.
1: um... If you're feeling stuck, if you, if this story like brought stuff up for you, don't feel like you have to handle it alone. Cause that's one thing like feeling like I have to do everything myself is one of those defense mechanisms. Like you don't have to do everything yourself, reach Mm -hmm. out. Um, There's lots like for me, you can reach out to me of course but just to somebody don't feel like you have to hold this stuff inside alone. Okay.
0: And do you do your counseling sessions uh, over Zoom? virtually also
1: yeah my coaching is online
0: okay great great that means you can't you can't reach the international audience for coaching right I see that yep. you've got a huge market for you thank you yeah the world is at your fingertips
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta love the internet right it
0: just I opens mean, everything yeah, up the, the world is just at the zoom so Colette I just want to thank you for spending the last 15 minutes uh, which is uh, which is your life, um, and to give it justice, um, I hope that I could invite you again, um, so that you can tell more about these instruments of therapies. Um, definitely, they, they do need to come back to you on a one to one basis. I'm very sure, but you know, you let people recognize that they're in that space. Um, they need to first recognize that they need help, uh, and they need to first recognize that hey, I think I'm a hater. I think being a hater is not a good space to be, you know, some people think that um, being aggressive is powerful, being able to hate on someone is is powerful, but it could be just the other way because they're just trying to protect themselves Um, and people aren't uh, willing to let themselves, uh, let their vulnerabilities out. Um, just in case that they feel um, they be put in that same weak, uh, uh, weak, weak, weak situation again. Am I right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it is. It's a defense mechanism that our brains do to to help us to yeah. keep us safe. And I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. So. so, Colette,
0: I just want to thank you so much for spending your time with us uh, internationally, wherever we are. Um, this channel goes worldwide. Um, and the audio through my podcast goes worldwide and it's going to be played on radio also. So, uh, Colette, thank you so much and i love to invite you again. Um, it's fascinating to share your life story and watching you now is like a beautiful uh, self, but also your energy glows and also, you know, you're exuding this positivism and this, yes, there is hope out there for you guys. You know, thank you so much, Colette
1: yes thank you It's so fun thank you
0: for letting me
1: share my yes. stories
0: yes and i'll see you on facebook where we where we meet again and then i'll let you know when the links are out thank you and i'm going to meet your friend vince tomorrow and then we can come back to have a three top three person panel after that yay i would love that
1: yay yeah vince is awesome you guys are in for a treat thank you bye talk to you bye